finish our time together in the series Transform Your Giving as its title. <clears throat> and we do so with a word from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. And we, we pick up kind of mid-conversation, mid-thought. Paul is talking to the Corinthian church about what he calls the ministry to the saints, which is the name of a ministry he's raising money for in the church in Jerusalem and their efforts to those who are financially struggling uh, due to a recent famine. So he's talking to them about that. <clears throat> this is what Paul writes. Now, it's not necessary for me to write you about the ministry to the saints, for I know your eagerness, which is the subject of my boasting about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has already been, has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I'm sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you may not Proved to have been empty in this case, so that you may be ready, as I said you would be. Otherwise, this is great stuff here. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you in this undertaking. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for this bountiful gift that you have promised so that it may be ready as a voluntary gift and not as an extortion. <laughs> the point is this. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you've made up your mind. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. Having read your holy word, O oh God, we ask that you speak to us the word you would have us hear, challenge us with what we should be challenged by. Lift us by your Holy Spirit. Send us out into the world renewed and refreshed. That our generosity may grow. Christ, we pray. Amen. So for two weeks, we've been talking about the spirituality of giving, giving as spiritual work, and how when we give, whether we realize it or not, it is deeply tied to us in a very spiritual way. Giving is, in and of itself, a spiritual thing. 
And we lift up just a couple of aspects of that. We've used this prop of a door to help our conversation. And we've talked about it this way. We've, we've talked about how we've said how we often, we live most of our lives on this side of the door. In a world where we love to pretend that we're in control. And where giving is transactional. We give because we have extra. We give with expectations. We give with strings. We give wanting to know the results of it. Wanting to know if it was actually worth doing in the first place. Transactional. And yet, we've said, Jesus invites us, calls us to step through this door into a world where we realize we're not in control, where we seek the one who is in control, and where giving is unconditional without expectation. Over here, giving is transactional. Over here, giving is relational. I challenged you last Sunday with an image to put in your pocket and to pull out before you ever give anything to anywhere. I said before you give a penny or lift a finger, get down on your knees, literally or figuratively, and pull out the image of an empty Christ. Look at it. An empty Christ. A Christ who has poured himself out on the cross for all of us. A Christ who has given until there is absolutely nothing left to give. An empty Christ. And if you were to look at that image to pray over that image before you did a thing, would it change what you give, how you give? What would change? Today I add a second piece to that, and that is to think of giving as a partnership. It's a partnership. Giving is a partnership with God. It's an over here kind of relational thing, not a transactional thing giving is. It's a partnership. We are called to partner with God in God's own giving in the world. And, and as people of faith, it is something that we should see in ourselves when we give. It's a partnership. Paul puts it so well when he says in our passage today, God doesn't want people who give out of reluctance or, or, out, or compulsion, but God wants eager givers, cheerful givers. God wants partners. Most all of his letters reek with this feel of partnering, this kind of equal work together. Kind of runs throughout all of Paul's letters, including the one today. He uses words like reconciled. In Jesus Christ, he says, God has reconciled us to himself. We have been brought back in the fold. We've been made 
partners. We've been reconciled with God, reconciled with others. In other words, we are in this thing together. And he seems to come at everything with that kind of attitude and posture. We're in this together. We're partners. Give like a partner. Today's passage is a fundraising passage. It's what he's doing. He's raising money. He's out raising money. And he's, he's really, he's guilting them into the thing. I mean, he's, he's talking to the church in Corinth. And it's, he's raising money for Jerusalem church. They need help with the, the famine that has been there. And they need help. And he's out raising money. He's going to all the churches in and around Greece. And, and he's asking them to help. Why? Because we're partners. He comes at it that way. And yet... He's not afraid to talk to them in, in language that tries to motivate them. He talks about the church in Macedonia and compares them to Corinth. He said, I just was in Macedonia. And boy, let me tell you, they were given some big time stuff over there. He says that in chapter 8, right before chapter 9. They were giving up a storm over there. And I told them that you were just as eager as they are. So don't embarrass me when I come if I bring a couple of them with me. So that you can be ready with a voluntary gift rather than extortion. That's such a great line. And you know what he's doing. I mean, he's just, I don't care. I'm going to tell you, this is, he's comparing, he's, he's putting them against each other. And he's not afraid to do it, but he's also doing it because he sees this thing as a partnership. We're all in this together. We're with each other on this thing. We're with God. And God is with us. That's what giving looks like on the other side of this door. Not to give because we have excess to give or even as a response to all we've been given, even though that is part of our faith and a good part of our faith. We give to God because God has given to us, right? And yet that leans a little into the transactional. Once you step through this door, though, you start to see your giving as something more relational, something that happens alongside what God is doing. And you see your own giving as an expression of God's giving in the world. You see your own Generosity as an expression of the generosity of Jesus Christ. You start to give simply out of the joy of being able to do it. Have you ever given that way? Have you ever given something just out of joy? Didn't even didn't think about it, didn't have to look at a chart, compare income to expense line items and just gave money, time, out of joy. Let me let you in on a little secret when it comes to joy and giving. I believe Paul knew this. He alludes to it in our reading. Joy and giving have a reciprocal relationship. The more you feel God's joy, the more you're able to give. And the more you're able to give, the more you feel God's joy. The more you feel God's joy, the more eager you are to give, the more eager you are to give, the more you 
feel God's joy. You begin to give simply from the joy of doing it. It's partnership. It's partnership. I hope you've been watching the stewardship videos that we've sent out the past few weeks. I've loved them. It's just been fun to watch members share about their own experience around giving. If you haven't seen them, they're on our church website. You can go there and see all of them. They've been asked, we asked them questions. What's, what was your first experience or memory around giving? And Where have you seen God? Where do you see God when you give? That's one of the questions we asked when we asked one of our youth, Bailey. Where do you see God when you give? And when she started to answer that question, just like everyone else, it's just this energy kind of just palpable energy. You can see them kind of on the edge of their seat. It's almost like they can't wait to tell you about their experience or what they've discovered or I found this little treasure. I found God here in my life. And she answered that question. She said, I see God in my giving. It's not right in the moment most of the time, but when I see someone else benefit from something I've done, I feel the presence of God in it. And it's a really good feeling. You start to feel God's joy. You start to be able to give. Carl Travis, a friend of mine, pastor at First Pres in Fort Worth, talked about how, why he believes we feel good when we give. He says, why do we feel good when we give? We feel good when we give, he says, because when we give, we are acting in the image of the one who created us in the first place. We are acting in the image of of the one in whose image we've been made. In other words, when we give, we literally take on the image of God and all that comes with it. And the only word that can encapsulate all of that is joy. We take on God's joy. Last week, one of the children of our church came up to me after worship had a little purse, a little coin purse. She lifted it up right out there. She lifted it up and she said, I gave everything in this purse to God today. And I said, well, how did that make you feel? And without skipping a beat, she looked at me with these bright little eyes and she said, it feels great every single time and skips away. That's, well, that's, it's relational, giving. The more you feel God's joy, the more you're able to give, the more you're able to give, the more you feel God's joy. Amazing things happen when you feel the joy of God. This summer, my family, we went to Gulf Shores, Alabama, beach just south of Mobile, with my brother and my sister and their families and their kids. It was kids, grandma, you know, and circus town every day. And, and my mom was with us. It was, it was great. I mean, it was, it was great. And I've, I've had family, my aunt and uncle, Aunt Pat, Uncle Robert, they've lived in Mobile as long as I can remember. And big part of the community there. And one of the big achievements my uncle has in his life is that he headed up the team 
years ago that brought the battleship, the USS Alabama, into the bay and turned, refurbished it and turned it into the museum and there's a submarine there. And he headed that group up and just gave all of himself to that, what he thought was a gift to the community. So every, when, every time we'd go as a kid, you know, I'd have to go to the battleship, we'd go to the battleship, gotta go see the battleship, and he'd tell us all the stories about the, he knew every inch of that thing, and then we'd get to the end of one day, and we've seen every inch, and he says, all right, who wants to come back tomorrow? I mean, he just loved it, he just, he, he loved it. And so when we went this year, we, we, we got together with him like we always do, and we said, well, at some point this week, Maybe tomorrow we'd like to take the kids to the battleship. But we knew that Uncle Robert would probably not because he has dementia now. And he's, his social ability is lower and he's, all of that comes with it. And, and my aunt said, oh boy, that'd be great. We'll set it up and, you know, we'll make it happen. And, but Uncle Robert's probably not going to be able to make it, as you know. And he barely gets rolling. It takes him forever to get up isn't there until noon sometimes. He's not even out of bed. And it just takes him, probably won't make it. We understood. So we went to the entrance to the park, you know, and we just waved the family flag and right this way, you know, we're treated like royalty. I mean, it's fun, you know, if you ever get that chance, you know, take it. It's fun. <laughs> and, and, and they said to us when we got to the entrance to the gate, they said, they're waiting for you. And so we went to the entrance to the museum, and to our surprise, there was my aunt and Uncle Robert standing there, and he, to see him, he was beaming. He was eager and excited and ready to go, and she came running up to us, gave us a big hug like always, and she said, you wouldn't believe the day I've had. Yesterday, when I told him that y'all wanted to come see the battleship, from that moment on, he all of a sudden started talking. He hasn't talked about anything else. We went to bed. I got up at 6 a.m. and went into the den, and he was already dressed and ready to go, and he led us through the whole thing, and it was his old self. It was as if the joy of God had taken over for a moment and allowed him to give and to give and to give. For that's what happens? You feel God's joy, you're able to give. When you're able to give, you feel God's joy. May you feel God's joy today. May you grow in your giving today. May Christ walk into your heart and help lead you through that door to the other side where you might just learn what Paul learned a long time ago and that's that God loves a cheerful giver but God also wants a generous 